We started to work just with local products. We decided to work with local farmers and it was a huge challenge and it was a huge amount of work to grow everything and to make people understand what we really want to do. So we are not using any olive oil, we are not using any citrus, we are not using any greenhouses, we are using all the products. So there's an absolutely no waste concept and this is very, very important. You're listening to a podcast by Butterfield and Robinson. Hi everyone, I'm Georgia Ewell, one of BNR's experienced designers. I'm speaking to you from my home in the Dolomite Mountains in a small village set at the base of the Alpe di Susi. One of the very best aspects of designing trips is meeting and working with the many fascinating people who join us to share their expertise and engage our travelers with their stories and what drives them. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Chef Norbert Niedelkoffler. Since launching the Rosalpina's St. Hubertus restaurant with the Pizzanini family in 1996, Norbert has been a wonderful host to hundreds of B&R travelers. I had the pleasure to meet Norbert that first year he set up his kitchen, and while it's been impressive to witness the steady accumulation of Michelin stars awarded in the years since, it's his unrelenting energy to evolve and his natural humility that I think best describes him. Norbert is a pioneer of sustainability, which you'll learn is a consistent theme throughout all of his projects and practices. And whether welcoming us into his kitchen prior to a sensational multi-course meal in St. Hubertus, or surprising our travelers during a private barbecue in the High Alpine at the Rose Alpina Mountain Hut, Norbert has always generously shared his time and his culinary passion. Norbert, thank you very much for joining us today. We're excited to be chatting with you, especially given your busy schedule and the many projects you have on the go, including a new cookbook, which has just been released. Why don't we start with an introduction? For those less familiar with your history, can you tell us a bit about your background? Uh, my name is Norbert Niederkofler. I was born in Valle Aurina, which is a small valley in uh, the most northern part of Italy. And I was uh, traveling around the world for around 15 years. I was working as a chef in the uh, U.S. in uh, UK, in Switzerland, in Germany, in Austria, in France, and uh, getting a lot of experience, and especially about in, in, in international cuisine. This is the part before Rosalpina. In Rosalpina, we did uh, we started in, in 2008 with a new concept, which is called Cook the Mountain. Uh, in 2007, we were the first restaurant in the northern part of Italy, and especially in the mountains, awarded with two mission stars, And but it was a totally different type of cuisine. So we did uh, just very international dishes and we were flying in products from all over the world. After achieving that second Michelin star in 2007, you took in 2008 what many would consider a big risk. Can you tell us about how you expanded your team beyond the St. Hubertus kitchen and the change in direction you took? in your Cook the Mountain culinary philosophy? 2008 was a big change for me and uh, we started to work just with local products. We decided to work with local farmers and it was a huge challenge and it was a huge amount of work to grow everything and to make people understand what we really want to do. The reason why we did this was especially because we said, uh, okay, there's no sense to flying people from all over the world and to give them exactly the same food as they can have in New York, in Tokyo, in uh, Copenhagen, in Peru. And so that's why we really decided to work with, uh, as I said before, with local products. Well, that risk and the hard work undertaken was definitely acknowledged and rewarded because in 2017, having committed to this highly sustainable approach, 
you were awarded a prestigious third Michelin star. Cultivating only what the territory offers no doubt has certain limitations, since all of St. Hubertus's vegetables and herbs are freshly grown and never from a greenhouse. What challenges arise from this somewhat uncontrolled production and supply? The big challenge for us was to make them understand the farmers, for to learn for ourselves how to to deal with uh, with this new concept. And so it took me around five years to build up a whole supply chain with around uh, 50 farmers working directly for us, no middlemen. So we go directly, we order directly, we pay directly. And the criteria was very, 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 very tight. So we are not using any olive oil. We are not using any citrus. We are not using any greenhouses. And uh, we are using just, as I said, uh, products from the local farmers, and especially also with the meat wise, we are using all the products. So there's an absolutely no waste concept. And this is very, very important. The biggest challenge in this way is that uh, we have to do the organization, the planning totally different. So we do in winter the planning for the whole next year. We have to deal with our producers to tell them exactly what we need. We have to tell the, the vegetable farmers exactly what they have to grow. Then uh, we have to see what nature gives us and how much product nature gives us. So from spring on, we have to fill up the storage room. We had to learn to do all the old the conservation techniques, so fermentation, so storing in the sand, like in the old days in the cellar, then uh, cooking things and making jams out of it. And uh, using all those techniques to really to fill up the storage room for the winter time, because otherwise in winter time we are running out of of vegetables and with as i said before with the with the meat it's the same thing we are using everything so we are buying from nose to tail we're using all the products and uh, this is also reason why we can help the farmers we need muscle less meat because we use everything and also the fish is just freshwater fish so there's no sea fish this is uh cooked the mountain and we realized that we are going much further. It's not just about the food concept, but it's also preserving the culture. As I said, you know, with the old techniques and because otherwise we are going to lose all those things. This is cooked the mountain all about. That's an impressive commitment to your partners and a remarkable commitment to sustainability. It's often a surprise to our travelers to encounter such a rich blend of cultures during their time in the Dolomites. What should travelers know about the territory and cuisine of the Alto Adige before visiting? Traveling to the Dolomites is a, a unique experience. First of all, you have mountains, beautiful mountains, probably some of the most beautiful mountains in the world. Then uh, we are located in the northern part of Italy. We used to be Austrian until 1918. So after World War I, we came from Austria to Italy. So the, the culture is, is different. So we, especially in the cuisine, we have a lot of Austrian-Hungarian culture. So that's why it's completely different also from the Italian mentality. And it's also different from the, from the Italian way of living. And uh, the fun thing and the good thing about it is that in the last years, the next generations after World War I, we, had, we started to include always more Italian way of living. So the way of living is, uh, is totally different and it's really unique. It is most definitely unique and brings an unexpected yet welcome dimension to the visitor's experience. Norbert, you are clearly comfortable with experimentation and innovation as evidenced over your career. In many ways, you are as much an artist as you are a chef. Tell us about Alpine, 
the latest dining venue you've created at 2,275 meters, where Cook the Mountain can be experienced on the Dolomites' Plan de Coronas mountaintop. The concept is uh, one we started with, uh, with St. Hubertus and Rosalpina, but uh, then we said, okay, Cook the Mountain is not just food, it's, as I said, it's culture. So uh, we opened up Alpine, which was a fantastic project and it's still a fantastic project. Because we were working, we decided to work there with a, with a designer. The goal was really to, to do the mountain cuisine in a mountain uh, home. So now we have Alpine. Alpine is the home of Cook the Mountain. The design was done all by, by Martino Gamper. He's a designer, a very famous designer from Alto Adige. He lives in London and he became famous with the project which is called 100 Days, 100 Chairs with the Waste of London. We asked him to do the, the Alpine, but with the criteria of the philosophy of Cook the Mountain. So respecting totally what we are doing in the cuisine, he was, uh, we are, he was asked to respect everything in the design. And so he was working really in a fantastic project. And from the, you know, from 2,200 meters over the sea level on the Plan de Coronas, you can point the finger and you can tell, okay, the handcraft comes from there. The product comes from there, the wood comes from there, the stone comes from there. So it's exactly the same concept as we did in uh, cuisine. And so this is very complex and very, very unique. And uh, it's probably the only restaurant in the world done in this way, in both ways, one cuisine and one design. It truly is a remarkable setting, as some of our travelers discovered last season during a surprise visit to the Mesner Mountain Museum. They had the great fortune of meeting legendary mountaineer Reinhold Mesner, and were then treated to a superb lunch with you at Alpine. In fact, those were especially lucky travelers as they met you again over an aperitivo in your kitchen prior to dinner at St. Hubertus during a fantastic stay they had at the Rose Alpina. As I mentioned earlier, you are always active and creating. Can you tell us a bit about your upcoming release? A huge project is coming now, and it's the cookbook, the new cookbook, and the, the title of the cookbook is going to be a Cook the Mountain, the nature around you. In this cookbook, we try to put everything what we did in the last, since 2008, all the knowledge and all those things. So we are doing a, a coffee table book, which will be 400 pages, all printed on Apple paper, and all the outside is all going to be Apple skin. So it's 100% sustainable. It's all printed in Alto Adige. So also the, the, the printing company is from this area. We will have the coffee table book in three languages, German, Italian, and English. We will tell stories. So my wife is telling, is writing all the stories about the farmers, all the problems, all the family life. And so we can really show what, uh, what, 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 what we did. The big coffee table book, there will be no recipes in but we add another book with all the recipes in, and this is all in a package, but the package then we can use also as a booklet. So also there, we try to be as sustainable as possible and uh, not to, to throw away anything and to put away anything. And the, build, the book is built up in a way that we are, we are doing for every period of the year a to-do list, where we show what we have to do in winter time, that we can work the whole year round, what we have to do in spring to work the whole year round, and especially with, uh, as I said before, you know, in winter time we do the planning for the whole year. Spring, we have to start to fill up the storage room for the winter time. 
summer the same, autumn the same, so that we can really go on in uh, the whole year round. And the very interesting thing is that uh, when you work in this way, it's totally natural and nature gives you exactly the products, what your body needs. So in consistency, especially also in color, which is very important for the cuisine. And so you have all different colors, you have all different consistencies uh, all year round. And so this is uh, going to be very interesting. It really is an incredible collection of your work and is beautifully presented. We'll be sure to post a link and details to order Cook the Mountain in the BNR Marketplace, where we showcase the passion projects of artisans like Norbert, who add depth and character to our journeys. As our conversation comes to a close, can you share with us a few regional insights to aid people's travel daydreams? Altoadis is a very unique country because you have a lot of things to do. You can do really, uh, especially also with families. We have all year round a huge program, very natural program, so you don't need too many things like in, uh, in spring is beautiful because you have uh, great hikes you can see flowers and and, it, and it's it's very very interesting to walk outside and to go outside for the hikings then summertime climbing is very interesting hiking is very interesting you can do paragliding you you can do biking and so there's a lot of things to do so that's why also for the family in this area it's you are very protected, you are very safe because it's all very small and it's all handled in a very good way. And especially the interesting thing is also that you have a, a multicultural uh, country because we have uh, in this area we speak three languages. We have on one part we have the German language, which is around 60% of the people, then you have 30% of the people talking. Uh, having mother language Italian and then we have a very interesting language which is especially in the area from the Dolomites which is the Ladin and it's a, a very old Romance language and it's still spoken there it's still uh, kids still uh, learn it in school and so we have those, those three different types of languages and you have also three different types of communities living together. You touched on how it is possible to be active throughout the year what would you consider your favorite season in the Dolomites and why? Favorite season for me, it's very difficult to say because every season has uh, really beautiful things because in wintertime you can go skiing, you can do to cross, cross country, you can do snow school, uh, snowshoe walking. And so you have a lot of things to do. And that's, especially spring for me is for sure one of the most impressive and most uh, beautiful season because you see how everything starts and you see how everything starts to grow. And so nature awakes and uh, really brings all different colors, very light colors and uh, and this. And so every part of the year is beautiful and summer is, I mean, summer is anyway, is, is, is a very nice country. But, but for me, one of the favorite moments in the year is the autumn. Autumn, especially September, October is, is great because you have uh, such beautiful colors and you have such beautiful uh, landscapes that you can see there with clear sky and uh, so this way is 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 fantastic and it's uh, it's very unique yes i certainly agree that the region's shoulder seasons in particular the months of june and september are as marvelous as the more popular summer period for their beauty and the very visual changes as the verdant meadows transform to a gorgeous carpet of flowers Further to your comment about the region's rich multicultural element, what are the lesser known attractions in the Dolomites that the visitor might not be aware of? What is very new, unique also in Alto Asia because we have a lot of very, very interesting and very good handcrafts. 
We have a lot of museums. We have close to Brunica Museum of the Mountain Culture. So there you can go, you see all the old farmhouses, you see how it, how work was done, how the, uh, the grain was brought in, how the potatoes was brought in. So you can really live the mountains uh, in the old ways and you can see what uh, how people were living here. And so this way, this is very interesting. So there's a lot of things to do. Then you have Bolzano with, uh, especially in fall with the wineries, with a uh, huge and uh, very high quality wine culture. And um, so it's very interesting. And also, as I said before, you know, historical wise, it's great because you have these two different, totally different type, types of, of living coming together with the Mediterranean and way of living from Italy and especially with the, with the old Austrian-Hungarian culture, with the castles, with, uh, with all the beautiful houses. And uh, uh, I think Altoage is, is the, the place with the most castle on this uh, small size of the countries in the world. So there's a lot of things to do. And so come to see Altoage and you will have a lot of fun. Many thanks for joining us today, Norbert. It's always a treat to learn what you're up to, as it is certain to be cutting edge and exemplifies your always generous approach to life. It was great fun meeting up at Alpine last spring, and I look forward to our next encounter, whether on a mountaintop or in the valley at the Rose Alpina. In the meantime, very warm wishes to you, Christine, and your young lads. Thanks for tuning in. Music for this podcast was provided by Lobo Loco and Kevin McLeod via the Free Music Archive.